Thanks for joining us for another great message from Influences Church Australia. We hope it inspires you, encourages you, blesses you and brings you joy. For more information about our church, go online to influences.church. And now for our message. Good to see you. And if you're back for Geelong, you're excited to be at church. And if you go for the swans, well, you've either been putting on the garment of praise with the spirit of heaviness, or you're just in grief today. And I wasn't quite sure when Pastor Alice was up here what she had done, uh, whether she had put on the garment of praise or whether she was just grieving. But it is great to be here. It was over by quarter time. It was just, it was a pointless exercise uh, after that. And uh, you know, what you've noticed about, if you ever watched the AFL, you notice that Sydney only ever went on a ground that's half the size of everyone else's grounds. As soon as they have to go to a full size oval, it's just, it doesn't work for them. But anyway, anyway, you know, the amazing thing about watching the grand final, wasn't it incredible to watch at the beginning before all the team even started, uh, just the crowd beginning to praise their team, beginning to shout out praise. In fact, as I was watching, I thought to myself, they're almost using all the Hebrew words uh, that describe praise. Now, what we need to realise is the word praise uh, is one English word, but behind that one English word in the Bible, there are 15 Hebrew or Greek words that try to describe the fullness of what one word in English does. So when we hear the word praise, it has so many more shades and angles and, and, and facets to it. And we're gonna talk a little bit about that today. We don't have time to go through 15 words, but we will go through a few. And I'm excited about what God wants to do. What we had on Wednesday night at our dream team was incredible. And I just feel like God's doing something very, very powerful. And so I want us to get ready for that today. And uh, I want us to pray. Father, we thank You today for Your presence. We thank You, Lord, today that You're here to teach us what Your Word has said to us about praise. I pray that we understand it. May we lean into it. May we learn from it, we pray in Jesus' Name. Amen. When I was flying out of Adelaide last time I was here a few months ago, uh, you know, the Holy Spirit just spoke to me and He just told me, He said, you know, most Christians get locked into one thing. And most Christians, you know, when we hear the word pray, what we think to ourselves is, well, I'm gonna pray, right? Whatever that word is to us, speaking words to God. We don't really understand that, that inside of that, we're really talking about a number of things that God wants us to do and has given to us as secret weapons and ways for our spirit to communicate with God and for us to enjoy God's presence. And so God's given us a number of things. And the picture I had was of a boxer. And a boxer really learns one set of skills, how to use his hands. But a mixed martial artist learns a number of skills, maybe seven or eight, maybe 10 different skills. He's got to learn jujitsu. He's got to learn wrestling. He's got to learn grappling. He's got to learn how to take, uh, have a takedown defence. He's got to learn boxing. He's got to learn how to use his elbows. He's got to learn how to use his legs, his knees, his feet. All those things go together. And that's why a mixed martial artist would always beat a boxer because a boxer, while they may be super skilled, they don't have the roundness of ability to win the match. And most Christians are like a boxer. We have one skill, maybe we've learnt 
somewhere and we go after that skill over and over again. And the Holy, Spirit, the Holy Spirit say to me, you gotta teach the church how to be mixed martial artists because in the fight of your life, the fight for your family, the fight for uh, you know, your joy and your happiness, you gotta learn how to fight properly. Use these weapons. A bit like going on the job if you're a carpenter and you were given a saw and that was it. Okay, go build that house with a saw. Well, you just know it's not gonna work. Why? Because you need more than one tool to build a house. And God's saying, listen, I want you to build a life that touches me, that changes the world, that impacts your life and you live in joy and peace, but you need to know the tools. And we're gonna talk a little bit about that. Now, it's interesting when I came in this morning, people asking me about my head. And uh, I just thought, look, seeing so many people ask you, I'll tell you, I'll just show you. It's where I had a tattoo removed just the other day. And I just wanna show you the back of my head. Can you see the back of my head? All right. And uh, this, is the, this is the problem of not having any hair. Uh, you can't hide mishaps. And so uh, the other day I was, had been swimming all week and I had a headache. And so I grabbed out my hand massager and I just started to massage my head. But I like to do more than one thing at a time. So I tried to put the massager on the pillow and lie on the massager while I was looking up something online. And as I did that, I didn't realise it was overheating in the pillow because it was surrounded and it burnt me. The massager burnt me uh, in three places. And I, I, I thought, I think my head's bleeding. And I put my hand back there and it wasn't bleeding, but it was that, that ooze, you know, the ooze before the bleed. Right, so I got up hard trying to take a picture and I'm like, there's something wrong with the back of my head. And uh, anyway, the next day I managed to figure out how to take a picture of the back of my head and uh, had a look and realised it looked like I'd been attacked by a drop bear. That's what had happened, right? Drop bears, I was walking down the torrents, just jumped from one of those trees and just went for it. Honestly, I, uh, so anyway, that's what happened. If in case you're wondering uh, what happened, it wasn't a tattoo removal, it was a drop bear. <laughs> but talking about my hair, I remember when I started to lose my hair uh, that I got very, very discouraged. Anyone that's lost their hair or losing their hair knows what I mean. And I got very, very discouraged because I was only 21 years of age. It's all right at my age, but at 21 years of age, you're kind of, your life's in front of you. You know, I've been told as a, as a teenager, Ashley, you've got beautiful hair. And so your hair actually makes your appearance and sort of makes you striking with your blonde hair. And suddenly my hair's going to heaven. <laughs> right, I'm being raptured one hair at a time. So I believe that in the resurrection, I'm gonna meet my hair in the air and then we're gonna go to heaven, right? That's what's gonna happen. So, so I got really discouraged and depressed about it. And I remember, I remember arguing with God. Put your hand up if you've ever bargained with God. Come on, I wanna see some hands. Come on, we all have bargained with God. If you get me out of this, I will do this, right? And I bargained with God. God, listen, this is not a good look. I'll be the first bold youth pastor in Australian history. And this is not a good look. I'm trying to be cool and trendy. I'm gonna look like the old guy with mud flaps, a six inch part and a cul-de-sac. 
this is not why I saw my life going, right? Now, if you've got a six-inch partner cul-de-sac, welcome. But at 21, I did not want to do it. And as funny as it is today, it wasn't funny then. I used to look in the mirror every day and I'd see it march turn back like crazy. I even went to Ashley and Martin on uh, O'Connell Street to see if they could help me and, uh, and realised uh, it was just uh, a money-making exercise. Anyway, I, I then tried all these lotions and potions. I got Pastor Jane. She was working as the uh, head of six uh, uh, cardiothoracic wards at the Royal Adelaide and I brought, got her to bring home uh, leftover minoxidil and I heard that minoxidil promotes hair growth, so I got her to bring some of that and some uh, alcohol. I'm very inventive, I'm very creative. And so I got her to bring those home. I crushed up these tablets and then I put the alcohol with it and I created a paste for myself. And I promise you, I was hoping I was gonna make trillions of dollars out of that invention. And instead, nothing happened, as you can tell. My hair just kept going. I could honestly be in the shower and wow, there's a great head of hair. There's half my hair is there and gone. And, and so on. And I got really, really discouraged. I got mad with God. I've, uh, I, I really got angry with God. How could you do this to me? Uh, how could you, you know, put, I'm here I am trying to set my life up and now this is a setback. This is how I felt, right? And when you've had an ugly face and people tell you that your hair makes your looks, when you lose your hair, you suddenly realise how ugly you're gonna be. And so that was what I was battling with, my self-esteem, I was battling with my future, and it was a real thing for me, and I got really, 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 really discouraged, probably for two years, two or three years, right? Back in those days, when you're a young man, you parted your hair in the middle. It was now like a two-inch part, it was getting further and further apart. So suddenly, it was the comb over, and then, uh, finally, shave your head. That, now, that became trendy. That was a great thing. But back then, that wasn't how it was. And I got really, really discouraged. And uh, one day, I, of course, my parents could see it and whatever. I didn't try, you know, didn't try to hide it. And uh, my mum said to me, you should thank God for losing your hair. Praise God for it. I said, get behind me, <laughs> Mum. So I said, I'm not gonna praise God for it. That'd be absolute lying. One of my qualities, the one that I'm proudest of the most is that I'm honest. I'm a very honest person. I don't believe in lying. I don't like it. I don't like inauthenticity. And I'm like, I'm not gonna praise God for this. I'm mad at God for this. And she said, well, I said, it's not even biblical anyway. You're supposed to praise God in all things. She said, no, you're meant to praise God for all things as well. I said, show me the Scripture and the verse and so on. And of course, in Ephesians 5, uh, it talks about this. It says in verse 9, it says, Speak to one another in psalms, hymns and spiritual songs. Sing and make music in your heart to God, always giving thanks to the, to the Father for everything. Yes. Well, that, well that, you mean I'm gonna praise God for this hair loss? Yes. Why? Not because it's gonna make me look better, but if I trust the God that has my life in His hands, then I can, even in the midst of darkness, praise God for what He is doing in the midst of those things, right? And so, I, but I rebuked all that. I said, I'm not gonna do it. And guess what? My life did not get any better. It got worse. And I was working at the Commonwealth Bank there at that point up at St. Agnes. And I remember in a lunch break, walking across the road, and, and I just got to the end of myself and I thought, well, this is not helping me, etc., uh, etc. Et and so I decided, all right, I'm gonna do this because only because it's in the Bible. 
only because it's there in black and white. So I began to praise God for it. This is how I started. God, I praise You for losing my hair. No, that's an absolute lie. I do not praise You for losing my hair. I'm mad at You for losing my hair. Anyway, I had to start all over again. All right, all right, that didn't quite work. Let's try it again. And literally, I went like this. You know, God, I praise You for, I felt like the Fonz, you know. I felt like, you know, I praise You for losing my hair. And I couldn't quite get it out, but I eventually got it out. And 45 minutes later, literally this heaviness, remember, garment of praise is for heaviness. I was experiencing heaviness. And as I began to praise God, despite it being truth to me or not, it was truth in the Word of God. It wasn't my truth, but it was the truth. And aren't we all confused today when we talk about my truth, when we need to go back to the truth, because the truth will set you free. And this is when you know the truth, not your truth, you will be free. And so as I began to declare the truth, praise God for everything in Christ Jesus. God, I praise You for losing my hair. Probably about 45 minutes in, I suddenly started getting this lightness in my spirit and I started getting excited. I said, God, I do praise You for losing my hair. I praise You for losing my hair. I praise You. And I felt this euphoria of joy that came flooding into my soul. And I I thought, wow, I've got out of my depression. I've got out of my discouragement. I've got out of my dark moment. I've got out of that heaviness. And it went so well for two days. Then I was walking past the mirror and I looked in the mirror Suddenly, the he- I'm like, oh no, and the heaviness came back. And so I had to do it. I'm like, are you serious? I thought this was one and done. I think this was over. You mean I've gone back into heaviness? Now I've got to praise God again. I had to start it all up again. God, I don't believe what I'm saying. I'm just doing it because the Bible says it. I don't believe a word of what I'm saying, but I'm gonna praise You because the Bible says to praise You. Literally, being real to God is a good thing. And about 30 minutes this time, I felt the heaviness lift and this lightness come and this joy replace it. Anyway, over the next three months, every time I looked in the mirror, I got heavy. But it wasn't quite as heavy as it was before. And as I began to praise God, it went from 45 minutes to 30 minutes to 25 minutes to 20 to 15 to 10 to five. And suddenly it was no longer a problem to me. Now, did I like it? No, but I was no longer heavy because of it and I accepted it and I was able to live a life full of joy. I got over that and that's what praise does. It's God's antidote to trouble and depression. And I know for all of us, that may be a tiny thing. For me, it was a massive thing. And I praise God in other things that are much more dangerous, much more uh, detrimental, I praise God. But that's just one example that when you are heavy, praising God is meant to lift you to a place of God's perspective. And so praise is what brings lightness and what changes us. And so, and what it does do is this, it, it demonstrates that I trust in God that what I'm doing when I'm praising, I'm talking about the future. I thank You, God, You're working it all together for my good. I don't understand it. It doesn't make sense. I would have done it a different way, God. If I was Your advisor, I would not have done it this way. But I'm gonna praise You for it because that's trust and that's faith. And when you do, it lifts you out of that place till suddenly you live in a place of victory in your life instead of a place where you're just up and down based on your emotions. God wants us to live light 
He wants us to run light. He wants us to fight light. He wants us to go for it because He's got a great plan for our lives. Now, 15 years later, <clears throat> I think it was about 15 years later, I was about 35, 35 and a half, whatever it was, almost 36 years of age. And it was in a season where Pastor Jane and I were about to be voted in by secret ballot by the church uh, to become the pastors. It was a long, drawn out kind of affair uh, for various reasons. Anyway, um, we had a guy come through our church. He was a, had a prophetic gift and we went for a lunch one day. Of course, I'd forgotten all about it now. I didn't care, I was bald, that's it. I was bald and beautiful, <laughs> right? <clears throat> and, uh, and so we went out for lunch. <clears throat> we came back, we're parked out here and he turned to me and he said, just straight out, there was no preparation. He said, it's a good thing you lost your hair. You know that, don't you? I'm like, really? Tell me about this. I don't know about that. This is news to me. He said, no, it's a good thing you lost your hair. He says, because you look very young and you are about to take over one of Australia's most established congregations and you losing your hair means that the older people are gonna think you're older and accept your leadership when you're so young. And it's a good thing you lost your hair because that will position you for leadership and leadership acceptance. He had no idea about what had happened 14, 15 years ago. He wasn't part of that journey. But when I praised God, I was putting God in charge of my destiny. And 15 years later, He lets me know out of His kindness that the reason He allowed that to happen was so I could step into my destiny and step into my future that otherwise I may have had trouble stepping into. Because God knows your future. Every time something happens, praise Him for it. Because if I really think He's my Father and He's looking after me, He's got all my steps have been ordered by the Lord. And, no, you know, and so He's got me getting me ready for something bigger than a hair loss would think I've got in the future. He was leapfrogging my youth pastor days and taking me to my senior pastor days and preparing me for my future. You see, you don't know what God's doing in your life. You don't know what great plans, but I can promise you they're great plans. Turn to your neighbour and say, they are great plans. Say it again so I can have a drink. Go, son. They're great plans. So what's going on in your life is not lost to God and God's not like, oh my goodness, that happened. God says, actually, I'm gonna add that in fact, that's been part of my plan. I'm gonna allow that to be a part of the plan. It's gonna do that person uh, a favour in the future. It's gonna be, uh, you know, yes, there are things that we go through that are loss and trouble and challenge, but God even takes the, the harsh things of life and turns them into a blessing if we'll understand that this God who loves me is caring about my life, not just today but tomorrow, the year after, a decade later, 20 years later, 30 years later, God's got a plan that involves much, much more intricacy than we have planned or imagined. And so praise chases away darkness and despair. And in the world that we're living in, there's a lot of darkness and there's a lot of despair. 
In the world that we're living in, there's a lot of grievance and offence and hurt and pain. There's a lot of brokenness in the world today and it gets on us if we're not careful. And so what we have to do is we have gotta be full of praises. Praise dispels the darkness and it dispels the despair. It gets rid of the discouragement and that's why Isaiah 61 says, put on the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness. And, and really, I just wanted to preach that word for Pastor Alice today because I just knew that with Sydney Swans losing so badly, she would need some help with putting on that garment. No, I'm only joking. Now, praise says that you believe God will win. I remember Benjamin, who's 19 now, and he'll be here in a few weeks, but I remember uh, for the 100-year celebration, but I remember when he was just three years of age and when DVDs, remember when DVDs were in, right? DVDs were a thing uh, many moons ago. And so we bought him this, this uh, DVD of Tigger, you know, from Eeyore and Winnie the Pooh and that whole series. And this one was The Adventures of Tigger. And so in the movie, in the, in the DVD, there's one poor part of the movie where uh, this giant boulder flies through the air and it's gonna crush Tigger and his friends. And every time as a three-year-old, Benjamin would watch that. We watched that probably 500 times, that, episode, that, that, that DVD, as you do when kids are three. Every time for 489 episodes of it, 489 reruns, as soon as the rock would come flying through the air, he would literally run behind the lounge and hide because he thought that Tigger was gonna get crushed. And then suddenly on you know, rerun 491 or something like that, it suddenly, I saw the lights go on and I saw this revelation moment come to my three-year-old and he suddenly realised Tigger's gonna be okay. It's not gonna land on Tigger. It's not gonna destroy Tigger. And instead of running and hiding, he stood and he looked at the TV, he goes, ah, you can trick me, but I know what's coming. I know Tigger's gonna be okay. You see, what God wants us to do when we praise God, what we're saying when we praise God, I expect the movie that looks bad to turn out the way God intended it for it to turn out. I expect what's happening in my life to be worked out by God. So praise, but says you believe God will win. When you don't praise, it says you think God may lose. When you start praising God, you're declaring that you know the end of the movie, or at least God does, and you trust that He has the end of the movie all worked out. There are many things in our lives that don't deserve praise. They deserve to be cursed. They deserve to, be, uh, to, to cause pain to us. But if we could rise in faith and start to apply by faith the principle of praise, it's one of the greatest weapons that most Christians do not use. Most Christians are so driven by their emotions because that's how humanity at work that they haven't realised this skill firmly rooted in the Bible everywhere is one of the greatest weapons against those down moments and the greatest weapons against heaviness, anxiety, depression, fear, whatever it is, against hurt and pain, against people letting you down, against being ripped off, against all the trouble that you get, being let go at a job, whatever it might be, 
all of the praise that God has given us to praise Almighty God moves us from living in this world to seeing it as God sees it. And that's why we're supposed to magnify Him through our praise. And our praise makes Him bigger than what we see. And then suddenly we can trust the bigness of God to take care of business. When I look back, if I had a choice between keeping my hair and having the uh, promotion that God had planned for me, I would have taken the promotion. <laughs> right? I would have taken the, the promotion. Just a bit of hesitation. It's a little bit of, you know, just dreaming back to how it used to be when the girls would fawn just at the head. You know. Anyway, the point is this. Praise is the declaration of victory over before, sorry, the victory over a situation before and in the battle. Last week we talked about how praise protects the dream. Judah steps up for Joseph. We talked about how praise uh, protects the dreamer, how praise intercedes for us when Benjamin was taken hostage and Judah stood up to intercede. Praise intercedes for us. Praise is the secret code to the vast power of God. Psalm 100 says this, and I'm gonna show you a picture uh, in a moment, enter his gates with the gates of thanksgiving and his courts with praise. And God had a, a, a plan of order for the children of Israel. And so when they would camp at night, he had them arranged a certain way. So let's put that up. Now you'll notice this was the tabernacle of Moses. This is where they came. This was their wilderness church. It was a tent so they could pick it up, take it to the next place. And when they camped at the end of the night, they were told where they were supposed to camp. And you'll notice there's only one entrance into the, uh, the tent of meeting. The Holy of Holies is at the very end. The holy place is you know, near the end. And you'll see there's one entrance. You can't get over the wall. You can't get around the back of it. You can't find a sneaky spot to get in. You must come through one entrance. And Psalm 100 says, when you come through that entrance, you must come in with thanksgiving and you must come in with praise. God says, I have a protocol that if you wanna get to the holy place where you hear my voice, you come with praise. Here's the thing. Not only do you come in with praise one way, you go out with praise as well. And the reason why God put Judah, which means praise, at the entrance of His place of assembly was that you must walk past praise in order to thank God to get into the place where God will meet with you. And if you'll come with thanksgiving and praise, then I'll meet with you. And when I meet with you, then you'll walk out with thanksgiving and praise. This is God's protocol for the children of Israel and nothing's changed except we don't have a tent. We're supposed to come to His presence with praise. The Lord's Prayer talks about praise at the beginning, praise at the end. Talks about hallowed be your name at the beginning. And we say thanks to this amazing God at the end. The Lord's prayer is sandwiched by praise and God's presence is sandwiched by praise. It's part of it. We think it's about worship. No, worship's next. Praise is first. And so we need to understand that praise is the first thing that we need to do. Praise gives you the Disney ending. We talked about that last week. Praise, expect, God expects you to praise Him, by the way, because He's worthy of it. Forget all the natural things. Our Almighty God is worthy of praise. And if you wanna know where God lives, He lives in our praise. Psalm 22 says this, but you are holy, O you who are throned in the holy place where the praises of Israel are offered. Praise is God's address, it's where He lives. If you want God's presence next to you, then praise Him. 
He inhabits the praises of His people, not the complaining of His people, nor the sadness of His people, but the praises. Where is God most evident? In praise. Wow. The Bible commands it. Over and over and over and over again, the Bible talks about praise. Let's go through some of these uh, verses and I want you to read them out loud with me if you can, because uh, uh, I think it's something powerful about hearing yourself speak the Word of God. Faith comes by hearing. Let's begin to create faith in our own heart. Psalm 100, let's go for it. It says this, shout for joy to the Lord. Okay, Psalm 34, let's read that together. I will extol. Glorify the Lord with me. Let us exalt His name together. Psalm 117, praise the Lord, all you nations. Extol Him, all you people. For great is His love towards us and the faithfulness of the Lord endures forever. Praise the Lord. Psalm 145, every day I will bless you and I will praise your name forever and ever. Psalm 34, one, I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall continually be in my mouth, not my mind, my mouth. Hebrews 13, Therefore by Him, Jesus Christ, let us continually offer the sacrifice of praise to God. That is the fruit of our lips, giving thanks to His Name. One more. Next one is Psalm 150, I believe. It says this, praise the Lord. Praise God in His sanctuary. Praise Him in His mighty heavens. Praise Him for His mighty deeds. Praise Him for His excellent greatness. Praise Him with trumpet sound. Praise Him with lute and harp. Praise Him with tambourine and dance. Praise Him with strings and pipe. Praise Him with sounding cymbals. Praise Him with loud clashing cymbals. Let everything that has breath praise the Lord, praise the Lord. So the only people not allowed to praise are those that aren't breathing. Everyone else that has breath, praise the Lord. Now there are 15 Hebrew words, now we're getting deep into the teaching now. There are 15 Hebrew words that describe the word praise. And we're gonna go through just four of them very, very quickly to give you a snapshot of the depth and the meaning and the variety and the shades and the colours of what the word praise actually means. Because understanding the word praise changes everything about what we're doing. And so we're, gonna, we're going to uh, uh, go through some of these words right now and the first word I wanna talk about is the word halal, halal, okay? It means, let me tell you what the word halal means. It's not talking about your meat. It may be, but in this case, the Hebrew version, halal means this. I'm gonna give it to you what it means. To halal God means to set aside your self-consciousness. It means to boast about God, but not being self-conscious about it. Have you ever seen a mum? Here's a, here's a story you'll understand. Have you ever seen a mum boast about her kids? 
There is no self-consciousness in that mother. Yesterday, I was at a barbecue at Matt and Kim and Ann's house uh, for the grand final and Pastor Philippe and Christy were there and it dawned on me as I'm watching, we're playing a game of table tennis. Of course, I am the undisputed master of table tennis. Just want you to know that. No matter who comes my way, they are beaten. And so I was playing table tennis with uh, Max and of course, inevitable happened, he was discouraged and he lost. But, you know, then I heard Christy starting to talk about all of Max's qualities. And when Christy started to talk about all of Max's qualities, including all these different things that he was disputing himself, you know what? It was self, there was no self-consciousness about the praise, right? She was praising him and what he was great at and what he was good at. And she wasn't hesitating. She wasn't holding back. What does he think? She was just real full on about how great Max is, right? She had me convinced, I already was convinced, but she had me convinced about how great Max is by her lack of self-consciousness. You know, when I hear my wife talk about our kids, right? You know, dads kind of talk with a bit of, you know, a bit of, what's the word, candour and a bit of balance. And, you know, it's a bit like, yeah, well, he's good at that, but he's not good at that. And mothers don't think like that. Mothers have halal. That is, they just talk unreservedly about how incredible their children are. Man, you should see my kid, he's amazing. You should see my daughter, she's the most talented. Is, that, am I, am I, is it true, is that true? Right, that's what I've noticed, right? Good mums always talk with such expression. And so this word halal means to come before God without any self-consciousness and talk about how great God is. Okay, so mums, you understand what this means. Come before God to boast on God, boast on God. Listen to Psalm 22, 22. I will tell of your name to my brothers and sisters in the midst of the congregation, I will halal you. Yeah. Right, in the midst of the congregation, not at home, in the midst of the congregation, I will halal you. Okay, this tells us that in church, we're meant to have no self-consciousness about telling everybody around us about how good God is. Does that make sense? Oh, well, I'm an introvert, I know, but no self-consciousness when you're talking about Almighty God. Or if you have self-consciousness like I had, overcome it. Realise this is a great place. No one's listening to you anyway. Just begin to praise God. Lose self-consciousness. Make Him bigger. The bigger He is to you, the bigger His miracles and His exploits in your faith. Second word is the word yada. We talked about this last week and the word yada means to extend your hands. So the actual effort of extending your hands is worship. Well, I'm worshiping with my mouth. Well, that's great. Yeah. You're only doing partly the praise. Wow. Raising your hands is actually the Hebrew word yada, and it means to extend the hands. What did Leah say? A sad life, husband doesn't love her. She said, this time I will lift my hands and speak well of God. Speak well of my life. Speak well of my future. Remember Moses was fighting, remember when Joshua was fighting the Amalekites and Moses on top of the mountain with his hands raised? He was yadaing God, he was worshipping. And as he worshipped with his hands raised, they would win the battle. When his hands got tired, they would lose the battle because this is worship to God. This is, you know, we've, we've explained it all kinds of different ways. Like, you know, this is surrender, that's true. This is like a child leaning up to, reading, uh, you know, reaching up to their heavenly Father, that's all true. 
but just plain doing this is yada. Right? Forget all the other metaphors, which are all good. Just yadaing God is worshipping, praising God. This is praising God. And when I watched the grand final yesterday, nobody had any problem raising their hands. Come on! Come on, swans! That died pretty quickly, but come on, Geelong! Come on, the cats! I've been dressed in blue and white in memory of the cats yesterday. Yeah, come on! They were praising their team and they were shouting, they were lifting their hands, they were waving scarves, they were doing all kinds of things. I'm not asking you to bring your scarves to church, but the point is, that's what that means. Toda, ta-da, it's not quite like that, but it's toda means to extend the hands. It's another one of extending the hands, but in adoration. Thank God in advance for the things that you cannot yet see. That's what ta-da means. It means to raise your hands in adoration, in anticipation of the things that you've not yet received, but you're gonna worship God and His wonderful beauty and loveliness. Psalm 100, enter His gates with, enter his gates with a song of thanksgiving and His courts with praise. Be thankful to Him, bless or tada and praise, tada His name. The last one is the word shabak. And what shabak means is means to shout loud noises of praise. Like when Geelong kicked a goal yesterday, they kicked many. But when Geelong kicked a goal, and even when the Swans kicked a goal, the team supporters made no sense, but they yelled a loud noise. Whatever they did. I was going to those yobbos. Anyway, you get what I'm saying, right? The whole idea of Shabbat is not about being eloquent. It's about loudness of noise. So when we ask, you're going to say, come on, let's praise the Lord loudly. There's something about unbridled enthusiasm and unbridled praise when you shout to God. I'm not saying saying anything that means anything. No, No, guess what? Raising hands means something and shouting praise to God, whatever it says, is saying something. It's praising God. Something happens when we praise. Last week we spoke about Leah and how complaining, how feeling sorry for herself in her marriage made things worse, not better, until she decided to praise. Today I told you, losing my hair, which is nothing compared to what she was going through, nothing changed until I started to praise God. God was preparing me for my future 15 years before I could understand. And God's preparing you for your future 15 years before you can understand. She said, and once more she conceived and she gave birth to a son and said, this time, as opposed to all the other times, I will praise the Lord, right? Everything in her life changed from that very day. And here's what the Holy Spirit said to me that I wanna leave with you today and we're gonna do this. The band can come on up. This is what I want us to do. Everything, when she said this, this time I'm gonna praise the Lord and she names her son Judah, which means praise. At that moment, all the power of God begins to move in her favour. All the fortune, the blessing, of God, the favour of God. Everything that praise is attached to gets blessed. I want you to hear this because we don't understand this. This is the supernatural principle of God. Everything that praise gets attached to gets blessed. So when we attach praise to a boy called praise, he becomes the largest. 
He becomes the dominant. He becomes the one that can fight and intercede. When they want a battle, who do they send first? Send Judah first. Guess what? We wanna create a king, David. He's gonna come from the line of the tribe. He's gonna come from Judah. Solomon, the wisest, he's coming from Judah. Jesus, the Messiah, he's coming from Judah. Because whenever praise touches something, supernatural things happen. And God said to me, if you allow praise to touch your work, praise to touch your family, praise to touch your wife, praise to touch your husband, Praise to touch your finances. Praise to touch your health. Praise to touch your life in every area of your life. It, whatever praise touches gets blessed. Whatever praise touches becomes powerful. Whatever praise touches becomes dominant. I want you to hear me today because this is a secret that we've had, held uh, hidden for so long. Everything that gets touched by praise is blessed by God, comes under the favour of God. Now, it may not show up tomorrow. It may show up next week or the week after, or like in my case, 15 years. But what God's preparing for me is a great outcome and a great plan for my life. He's gonna use the brokenness of my life as I praise Him to turn it into a, to a testimony for everybody else. As Joyce Meyer says, everybody wants a testimony. Nobody wants the test. So we end up with moany Christians. Everything your praise touches. Fire, power, supernatural wind of God across your finances, across your life, across your family. Praise God for that husband that you think's a dodo. Praise God. There's at least five people like that in this room. Here's the truth. You're going through a marriage trouble. Praise God for that wife that's giving you trouble. Praise God for those kids that are on drugs. Praise God for the health issue. Praise God. So everything praise touches, changes. Everything praise touches, gets blessed. Everything praise touches, suddenly reverberates with heaven's sound. Everything that gets praise touches, suddenly comes alive. The dead come alive, lives come alive, our heart comes alive, everything comes alive. Praise must be the first option that we choose if we wanna live a life of victory. I don't know about what you're thinking, but we love you so much. Our whole life has been dedicated to helping people win. I want you to win, I'm not perfect, but I praise God for my imperfections. So you can imagine, I praise God a lot. Praise God, I wish I was taller. God, praise God, I wish, I was, I wish someone else didn't get the slim jeans, I wish they came to me. Praise you God for my fatness, Lord, praise you. As I'm eating a donut, praise you Lord. Praise you, Lord, for my finances. Oh God, I put them in your hand. I praise you for it. That's why God says this. He loves a hilarious giver. What's a hilarious giver? A praising giver. Right? So, you know, you've got some churches that have gone to a bit of extremes. They come around the offering and everyone goes, ha, 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 and they all laugh. I've been in those churches. Because they're trying to take a truth and teach it. But the point is this. Be a praiser. Whatever praise touches, when it touches your money, 
it gets blessed. When it touches your life, it gets blessed. And I'm saying it over again because I want it to get into your heart today. Praise is not the last option. Praise is the first option if you wanna get God's presence. Praise is everything. So this is what we're gonna do. We are going to attach some praise. And that's what I felt the Holy Spirit tell me last night. Many of you are gonna leave today blessed. You're gonna leave so blessed, you don't even realise how blessed you're gonna get blessed in the next eight minutes. You have no idea how much God wants to do for you. You have no idea what God wants to do for your life. No sense of the bigness. He's not a little God, He's a big God. He's not some small deity, He's a big God. It's time to get away with a small God mentality and embrace a big God. My big God can do anything and when I praise Him, I magnify Him so He's big in my world and suddenly I believe He can do whatever He says He will do. And I want you to attach, this is how I see it. I want you to attach praise to something. Leah attached praise to a son. The son was blessed. Moses attached praise to a battle and they started to win. And right through the Bible, whenever Judah went first, they attached praise to a battle, they would win. When they attached praise around the walls of Jericho, what happened? Boom! Things began to fall. Why? Because praise has been created by God as the supernatural weapon that you've been missing in your life. It's not a praise song at the beginning of a service. We should come and enjoy it and go for it. But we should have come to church half an hour before already praising God. Oh, today, God, the Word's gonna touch my life. I praise You for the Word today. I praise You for the Word. Instead of, instead of thinking, right, no, no, we're not like this. I know we're not like this. Oh, if so-and-so is preaching, oh, okay, I guess. We'll go along to churches because we're faithful. And if so-and-so is preaching, oh, fantastic. What about if we praise God before we came to church? No matter who's preaching, you're gonna get blessed. When you praise God for that preacher, you bless them, you make them rise. Whatever you attach praise to gets blessed. I want you to get this. I want you to understand this. This is so intrinsic. I learnt it. Now it seems stupid about my hair, but I learnt it. Merlin Carruthers was a POW in, camp, in a labour camp after the Korean War. What does he do? Praise God. God appears to him. He leads all the prisoners to Christ. Why? Because God can make you live differently to how your circumstances are to change the world around about you because the world is going to hell in a handbasket. And unless some people praise God, we're not going to see the miracles. Let me just suggest that one of the reasons we're not seeing as many miracles as we really like is because we don't praise God enough. Because praise, whatever it's attached to, gets blessed. So I want us to stand on our feet. Come on. I pray this sermon has blessed you, encouraged you and inspired you. You know, we may never have met, I may not know you, but God knows you. And I'll tell you today, God loves you. That even before you knew about Him, He loved you. And He has a plan and a purpose for your life. You know, so many of us do life on our own, trying to lead our life in a way that finds answers and finds the peace and finds the joy we're looking for, but we come up short. 
But God knew that you needed rescuing, that you needed saving, that you needed His love. So He sent His Son, Jesus, to come and pay the price for our mistakes. He lived a perfect life, but knowing we couldn't, He said, I will take their place. So He died and rose again so that His death could pay the penalty for my mistakes and my past, and His life could make a way so that I could have life. I believe that when you believe in what Jesus did, And when you invite Him to be Lord of your life, you can experience forgiveness, peace, hope, joy, purpose and life like you've never known before. It's not about what we've done or who we're not. It's about that we have a God who's good, who can turn things for good and loves you. He's a father. He's a friend. And you can invite Him into your life today by simply saying this prayer after me. I'm going to say this prayer and wherever you are, wherever you're watching around the world, pray this prayer with me. Maybe you once knew God and you walked away. You know what? Maybe He's getting your attention today to say, come back into relationship with me. Maybe you've known religion, but never a real genuine relationship with God. Why don't you say this prayer too? And I believe this can be the beginning of a great new day. Let's pray. Dear God, thank you for loving me and giving your life for me. I pray you forgive me for my past and you walk with me into my tomorrow. Let me know your grace, your forgiveness, your peace, your purpose, your joy and your hope into my life. I ask you to lead me and guide me from this day forward. Be Lord of who I am in Jesus name. Amen. I'm so glad you prayed that prayer today. I believe that as you did, the peace, the grace and the love of God comes into your life. You know what? The past is real, but it doesn't have to dictate your future. Let the love, the grace and the word of God go with you from this day forward. And I believe the best days are ahead for you. If you prayed this prayer or you want to know more, maybe you're on the journey. Why don't you flick us an email so we can send you some material about following Jesus. We can maybe connect you with a local church near you that you can do life with, get good people around you. And we would love to pray with you. I'm so glad you prayed that prayer. I'm so glad you're on the journey of following Jesus. I'm so glad you listened today. God bless.